Think it not strange that I'm moving in this place tonight. Keep playing ten. For where my presence is, my spirit will ride. My voice in your heart. My knowledge is superior. My knowledge will bring truth and set you free. And I've ordained this night for those whosoever would come to write my word in your heart and your mind. For what I need to say, this will be your day. To receive my guidance in your life. For this is the first day tonight of the rest of your life. And my light will come and give you guidance. So hear what I have to say, my beloved. My beloved, think it not strange. Think it not strange because music creates an atmosphere. Oh, yeah. We just went from a minor key to a major key. And the major keys bring a freedom and bring a light and bring faith. Hallelujah. A minor key connects us with a lamenting of the Holy Ghost. And then a major key causes you and I to rise up. We feel the lifting. Holy One, thank you for lifting us. Come on, thank Him for lifting us tonight. We thank you for lifting us. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God, for lifting us. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Father, for lifting us. For lifting us. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
design for every time the, the ecclesia assembles. It really is. We are at many ministers' conference, they really advise the charismatic and Pentecostal expressions to not fall into the charismatic trap. Let's do three fast songs, two slow songs, and have the charismatic hush. We really felt led to just do two songs tonight and then turn it over. But little did we know that the Lord was going to go a little different way. Wasn't that refreshing to take that older, not lesser, holy hymn, I exalt thee. Did that just wash you tonight? I mean, I, I, honestly, I looked out and everybody knew the song. Hallelujah. Thank you, Tim, for bringing that. Were you blessed by the ministry of Tim Kelleher as well? Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you glory and honor tonight. Write the script. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Tim. Glory. Hallelujah. You may be seated, but don't be silent. I am so glad that Bobby Jean this morning was just reiterating what we hear very often in here. Come on, preach back at us. <laughs> That's why they had to stay in the upper room for 10 days. <laughs> After 10 days of learning, amen, 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 to unison. Let's try, Grace, Rebecca, would please help me out. Amen in unison. Amen. There we go. Glory to God. <laughs> well, we're going to get it turned over to Bobby Jean because I know the Lord has given her. Something so important for each that we need to hear again, regardless of what you know, information or revelation or truth we have. He wants to add to our faith tonight. And thank you for coming. Because Peter says in his letters to you add to your faith. He puts a responsibility on the church to poise themselves, put themselves in a position for our faith to be encouraged and added to. Amen. But first, we're going to receive an evening offering. The offering tonight is totally for a great love ministries. If you're here and you weren't here today and you have your tie, please designate it on an envelope. But we are honored, and I mean it with all my heart. Um, what I know about, uh, we've known Bobby Jean since 1982. Some of you weren't even born then. But one thing that I have admired about her and her vessel, and I say vessel because uh, the good ones said that a lot. They, they realized that 
the Holy Spirit comes and moves on the inside of us and we are but vessels for his glory. But from the earliest times of meeting and having some time to spend with Bobby Jean, she's impeccable in character, in consecration, and her love for Jesus. And I've always admired her character. If a conversation seemed to drift and off, of course, uh, well, this is going to be a little compliment. Like Smiggles, Smith Wigglesworth, she would say, wait a minute, we're getting off track. Father, help us stay on course. She would say, no, no. And I heard her one time in the conversation as it began to slip with, in a, with some ministers. She said, stop, please, very politely, but with much integrity. And she said, stop, please, my ears are not garbage buckets. Hallelujah. Say, my ears are not garbage buckets. Hallelujah. I agree with you. <laughs> but, Father, we give you praise tonight, and we thank you for the vessel that you have sent to us, a vessel of integrity, of honor. We, we cherish. We cherish your gift, Jesus, in her vessel, and her commitment and consecration over the years. So... Little maybe might be known about her at times and seasons in different venues. But you know her. Thank you that you have used Bobby Jean and are still using her to not only reach the body of Christ, but to reach government officials and hit spheres of education and, and governmental influence particularly. You sent her as an apostle to the nation's Lord and she's made deposits. And we are grateful. We're not just, we're just giving thanks to you tonight that we're privileged to have a vessel of this type of character and integrity to minister and speak into our lives. And we give you praise. And we know that our seed tonight, our finances, are being invested into good ground. We praise you for it. And we fully expect, thank you for your promise, that if we give It'll be given unto us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into our bosoms. But Lord, let us have your heart. Let us be the stewards that you desire us to be. Stewards of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you like this down tonight? Okay. If, I can, uh, if you're writing out a, a check, please make it out to good news. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, Bill, if you don't mind. Hallelujah. Yes, but many hands made like work. Hallelujah. Center ice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Dan, would you bring that up tonight, please? Okay. Oh, yeah, i got to get mine. <coughs> Hallelujah. I'm not missing a blessing. Please. Ah, thank you. 
Thank you for your love. Father, we ask you to bless this tithe tonight that is given for your kingdom's work, Father. We just ask and bless everyone in here for contributing to it tonight. And we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please stand with me a minute, if you would. And this is a protocol. It's just to give honor, okay? Um, once again, not a new face here. And maybe for some of you, she may be. But let's give a warm welcome, a thanks to God, a warm welcome to Bobby Jean. She comes up to take us deeper. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is written that God saves not by many nor by few. He just saves. Amen. So we gather together in the name of Jesus because we have a heart to proclaim him. You may sit down. <laughs> the pastor showed me that I hadn't done all of my duty. Amen. But um, this is going to be, um, I believe and, and trust the Lord because we are what we are. By the grace of God, right? It takes His grace. And the longer I live, the more I know about appreciating the grace of God. Because only He could do what He's done through me these years. And I give Him glory, I give Him honor, and I give Him thanks. He is the one, but praise God, from a Zulu hut in South Africa to the largest church in the world, Yungi Cho's, in Korea, South Korea, I've been able to go and deposit the word of Almighty God and the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And um, so he wants me to say this, he wants me to tell this, because I don't often talk and tell things, but... um, I was ministering at Pastor Rob Thompson's church in Chicago, one of my spiritual sons. And uh, so he had, they had sent out that morning, it was a Sunday, um, a couple anointed them, blessed them to go out and to reap the harvest as pastors of another church. And um, they also that morning had sent them to do that and they were the leaders of praise and worship there in that church. And so that night they had a young man and he and I and and well it was actually the hope of Israel, so it was four of them, I believe, at that time. We did a meeting uh meeting together in Maryland in a very small church and um so I didn't know them. They didn't know me. But there, it came a bonding. God will bond you with people that he has wanted for you to grow in him to do the work of the ministry. We're all called to do the work of the ministry. In each and every one of you, you have one of the five uh Offices of ministry, fivefold ministry, we call them in you. Some may have some apostolic anointing, but you're not an apostle. Amen. There are some uh, credentials that go with that or whatever. And then another one is the prophet. And so many, I'm seeing more and more 
God raise up those people with prophets' anointings within them. It's awesome. And the other one is evangelist. And so there's in, I'm talking about people who are not called into the office. You have, some of you have an evangelistic anointing in you. You want to get people saved. You want to be able to speak that word of truth in love to them so that they will bow at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and love him as you love him. And then there's the pastor anointing. I would imagine that a lot of you have that pastoral anointing in you. A pastor's, uh, this finger represents the pastor on the hand, and it's directly to the heart. The pastor has the father's heart. The pastor will put up with things that an apostle and a prophet will not put up with. (laughs) So that tells you that these are different operations, administrations, and operations, and manifestations. They're different. And so, you you know, we're finally reaching a point. I'm seeing it happen, hearing it happen, that we're not comparing each other with each other. We're not comparing ourselves. We are content. As Paul said in Philippians 4, I am content to be who I am. I'm paraphrasing it. He's not trying to be somebody else. And, you know, we can't be somebody else. We cannot wear somebody else's shoes and make it work. We have to stand as God wants us to stand. And there's that's where we're equal. We're equal in doing whatever God has called us to do and be whoever God has called us to be. That's where we're equal. Equal. And so these these quote-unquote titles that we lift up high in Ephesians 4, dear sweet people, to me, the title is only a job description. It's not a kiss my foot kind of thing, which I've been to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and I've I've seen that statue of Peter sitting up and his foot half kissed off. And I'm not speaking judgment or condemnation. I'm just telling you a fact. But, you know, these things are not given to us as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to just have our foot kissed and to be lifted up above the people. That's where we're equal. And God loves it, doesn't he? And we are equal in the Lord Jesus Christ, but we have different administrations, different manifestations. And what did I say? The other one was. Anyway, you heard it the first time. But God, I had no idea I was going to be saying this. But God's getting us ready. We are the army of the Lord. And we are getting ready to let the head be the general. The head is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're the body of Christ. And the head tells you what to do. Is that not right? And so it says the under shepherds by the great shepherd over them should be telling us and guiding us and leading us. So I prophesy and I decree that the day of rebellion is over in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. That everybody is content to be who they're called to be. They're quitting comparison. They're quitting church hopping. I'm decreeing. They're quitting going from one church to another. They're going to find out where God has placed them, and that's where they're going to be. And we'll sing that song. We used to sing a song, I Shall Not Be Moved. I shall not be moved. I am not going to be moved by offense. Come on. 
or whatever, whatever, whatever. My grandfather, uh, he was a great Methodist man, and that's my mom's uh, father, but he made this so real to me. He said, he goes, you know, they were on a circuit, country people in Georgia. And so they had a pastor who came one Sunday afternoon a month. And uh, granted, most of them that came were just out of the seminary. (laughs) And they were without, quote, unquote, that hit and miss uh, experience that you get as you minister more and more and more. But my grandfather said, you, every time I go, I get something. Because he didn't come for the pastor. He didn't come for the whoever's leading. He came for God. And God spoke to him. And that's the attitude that we must have our people get when they come in the church. They're not going to hear this one or that one. They're coming to hear God. And if they come with that, they will always go away with hearing something from Almighty God that will help them. Help somebody today. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Praise be unto God. Now, okay, he wants me to tell this. So, uh, I've been going to a church, quote-unquote, called a Word of Faith, and uh, I graduated from Rima, and so it was 35 miles away. And suddenly, (laughs) I've never told this part, but suddenly I thought, who's going to come to my funeral in Tacoa, Georgia? Nobody knows me. <laughs> they would years ago, but they don't now. And I thought, Lord, mercy. And it was not selfishness, but something all of a sudden came to me that I better get in a church <laughs> in Tacoa, Georgia, my hometown. And so I had talked about this one church that it was the fastest-growing church in Decor, Georgia. And I spoke truthfully. And they were doing a mighty work. These are generations. I'm leading up to a message that God changed me right before I left my room to get into. You wouldn't be here if God did not want you to have that message. I would not be here if God didn't want me to give that message. And you're going to agree when it was over. But I tried to go to First Baptist because my dad's people were all Baptists before the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I tried to go to First Methodist. I never got to either one. Come on. Because I grew up Methodist because my mama was the strongest one. Dad didn't get saved till 69. And um, so I, I found myself, and I'll tell you honestly before the Lord, I do not know how I got there. But that church is a little bit off of the main drag, they call it, in the church. And I found myself in that parking lot. And uh, I knew a little bit about the church itself because um, mother and his grandmother used to pray for the present pastor together every Saturday afternoon. Why? For 20 years, he was in prison for trafficking in drugs, for drug dealing, and they prayed for him for 20 years. Two Sundays or three ago, I heard him say that when he was in prison, Jesus came 
into his cell and knocked, well, he didn't say it, but he fell down on his face before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible with our God. We trust God and let him do it. Amen. So it was wonderful. So anyway, and so there I am. And, of course, he said he met me. Uh, He was down front. And he said, uh, I knew who you were when you walked through. So generational prayers. Come on. Mother and that mother. Grandmother, for 20 years, prayed for that man faithfully every Saturday afternoon while he was in prison. So there I am now sitting in this church. And because they do honor me and I'm on the front row by the pastor's wife. And this is what it's leading up to. And I saw it in here tonight, Ray. One Sunday I'm sitting there and I've noticed... Just like tonight, every song that was sung and every trumpet call and every organ, every praise and worship, they were anointed. But there's always, you know this from being with me for years, always one song that the Holy Spirit has his touch on that will break everything wide open. And tonight it was, I exalt thee. No doubt about it. So I've watched because it's, they have a wonderful praise and worship group of instrumentalists and psalmist minstrels. And I've watched, I look for that song because I too am a musician, musician. And I looked for the Holy Spirit song. And without question, when that song, whatever it is, comes forth, people, no invitation given, no nothing, people, Come to that like this. They'll fill up the whole front, and the, the platform is built like this, and they'll just be there. And some of them have now started passing out in the Holy Spirit. Come on, just being slain in the Spirit and laying there. It is a holy thing, it is a beautiful thing. See, no invitation, but just a, a, a reaction. To the Holy Spirit and what he's saying and what he's doing. But one Sunday I was there. You know, I can't go if I'm not not there in the city. But one Sunday, I think it was the last of maybe last year sometime in the fall, when I was there and I saw it tonight. All of a sudden, the atmosphere just went red. And I'm looking at this atmosphere, and it's just red. They're praising and they're worshiping. And so late, I think it may have been even the next week, God told me what the red was. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ had made that atmosphere red. Come on. It was his expression. Another time, and this happened, I don't know, sometime this year already. I was there, and my eyes, this was an open vision, so was the other one. If your eyes are open and you start seeing the vision, it's called an open vision. And my eyes were open, and I, I started seeing 
up there. <laughs> uh, this thing, I've, I wish I could, I wish I was an artist and could draw it or tell you about it, but it was from the platform going up, and yet it was not on the platform, it was going up. And these are the words, and I saw this thing tonight. It's, he said, the Lord said, my Holy Spirit is coming that's what I saw. Now you remind me, Lord. It looked like this. You've seen those? Okay. My Holy Spirit is coming like a tornado. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you've, okay, now you get a picture, don't you? Now I don't have to draw it for you. And you begin to see the flow of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring, the move of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have to, let me tell you like this, and I'll, then I won't have to say anymore. Instead of asking him to come, we've got to get in it. Yeah. Years ago when I was in Texas, every time I saw that man, I went there to minister. He was a marvelous man, still is. But he would cry out for the glory. And yet, this one night when I had this revelation and just, the glory was there. He had to sit on the floor, platform. The glory was there. But yet, they're crying out for the glory. When God does something, just get in it. (laughs) And they're crying out for revival. Get in it. It's here. We're in it. We've had a breakthrough. Yes, we have. Come on. So we're not going again and begging God for the breakthrough. Well, if we have to do anything, we're going to praise him. That we have it. That he has broken through. That the glory is here. And we're going to partake of that glory. Do you all see the difference? Yes. We've got to start doing it. We don't realize sometimes we'll sing a song. His presence is here. And then when we, next thing we know, we're speaking and asking him to come. Mighty quietness, Presbyterian Church. Hallelujah. You understand that? We've got to start acknowledging with our mouths and praising God for what he's doing. So I'm here to tell you that it's begun. The tornado of the Holy Spirit is planted in this church. So that's what we're going to say. Amen? Amen. And that's what we're going to respond to. That's what we're going to like, right? Amen. 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 Look, da-da-da. But then right beside it, so somebody said to me something today that really did bring this also. And I'm looking, and there's the tornado thing. And right behind it is it's the same outline and everything but it wasn't a tornado it was something that was full of light the glory will bring light light will give revelation light does prevent darkness which is death and da 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 but light is life and so there's the light and it orders our steps and it tells us this and that and so forth revelation and so forth And it's here. 
Can you stay here? Let's start appreciating. That's what God said to me in Texas years ago. Let's start appreciating and enjoying what God is doing now. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's don't keep looking for something to happen. When we get there, we'll be ready for it, and it'll be a greater work than he's doing presently. But he's not going to do more till we acknowledge and thank him for doing what he's doing now. And I'm preaching stuff that I didn't even think. Amen. How many of you people pray? <laughs> God's got you trapped tonight. <laughs> uh, let me see. First weekend of last May, 2018, I was asked to come and teach the Ministry of Intercessory Prayer in Charleston, South Carolina. I'd not been asked that for quite a time. I was known for bringing an session to this nation as well as to others. But I was hated for it. Come on. As somebody said, we cut our way through with a machete. We had to cut down some stuff of religion. I'm sorry, Tim. In the body of Christ. Amen. I'm going to teach you because God told me to, because Ray had given me two prophecies as we were leaving today. And one of them was a woman who had gotten hers in uh, 1968, 1968 in, Norway. in Norway. I've ministered in Norway. And when I read that prophecy, I knew where we were going. We're going to have a study on the, the word intercession. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, I'm just flowing out of my Holy Ghost because I didn't, that was right before I came. But God told me in 1984 when I was doing, um, I guess, what they called a revival in Loveland, Colorado, in, in a rather large church. And um, so maybe I think they were asking me to teach in a session. I don't know. But anyway, I was. And uh, the Lord said to me, he said, "My and you tell them, my people are crying out for intercession, no, for revival, but it's not going to come until the men become intercessors. Okay, thank you. And the next one he says, until my people quit being ashamed of intercession. Come on. Intercession has always been put in the back room somewhere. Or downstairs where nobody will come and nobody will listen. But God said, I won't, and I'm going to have it before the revival comes. 84. I'm going to have intercessory prayer in the sanctuary. Praise God. Amen. The Holy of Holies in the sanctuary. Yes, Amen. Amen. So on that basis, I begin to know. God, he, he wants to heal. 
He wants to perform miracles. He wants to fulfill these promises. How do I know? I went 20 years every year to Sweden. And it grew from a smaller church to 7,200 built. Then they had built a building for a university, more than a Bible college, you know, because that's, that's where I used to go minister before they built there. But they started building it about the time that was my last time there. Holy is the Lord. Keep me on track, Lord. Keep me on track. Shatala mahatasito lomohote. Irieta hashanda mahasito. Ilia Cristo la mahate. Ishamana osia. Locote estea la makata ashata. Dodi este ikianda la mahates. Locorista la makaya ushia la mehete. Asakata amdiando ete. Indiata la makata osi. Do stela mahata isocoristo. Ikiando la mahata se. Ishahata. Yes, yes. Lord, oh, oh, Shatala Mahositele Atahai, Yoda Mandeas, Yoti Atai, Isocoristo la Mahate, Ushakata Ute, Ute. The anointing is transferred and imparted and deposited by the words of the mouth that goeth forth, which you hear. Time after time and year after year, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But the anointing goes forth not only through the words, but it does go forth. When I feel the atmosphere and you partake it all alone as you were alone with me, as if you didn't see anything else or anybody else but me and my kingdom and what I do, on this earth to establish that kingdom. And also goes forth by the laying on of hands, by the deposit of hands. But you see, you must not make any of it into a ritual, but you must follow me and be willing and obedient to see what I am going to do with each of thee. But as you follow Jesus one day, one step at a time, and you you depend wholly, wholly, absolutely upon me. You will see, you will see what you've wanted to see and what you believe to see because this is the day that is, this is not a usual time, but it is a time that I'm getting my people who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, ready to be my army as never before not by might not by power but by the spirit of the lord so you will see that doors will be open and you won't even recognize it at the time but it is an appointment by me and it is going to be to be for the divine but you will speak a word in its season and that word will minister to the heart and into the soul of the person, whether you realize it or not. And then you will know and they will know 
Yes, this was God. And surely, surely by the Lord Jesus Christ, he has set everything in motion that I am currently ready, prepared for, and able for. Because I've been preparing you for a long time, saith the Lord. And now it is time to jump in and let me do it, saith the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I don't know if it was Smith Wigglesworth. It seemed like it might have been. I wrote it down. I'm not going to look where I I don't even know if I brought the notebook. But but he said, he asked the church, are you a stagnant pool? Huh? No. Give me the Bible. Uh, Are you a stagnant pool or are you a river flowing, flowing river? If you know what a stagnant pool is, you don't want to be that, do you? But you see, John seven thirty-seven through 39 says, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living, which means life-giving water. That means when you speak wherever you are, that river is flowing out, giving people life who are around you. Isn't that great? But there's a secret key in that, too. The Holy Spirit had not been given because Jesus Christ had not been glorified. Put that in application. The more we lift up Jesus, the more we glorify Jesus, the more we're going to see the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, right away, because I don't know if I'll get to all of them or not, but there are five intercessors in the book. <laughs> this is the book, Bible. Number one is the Lord Jesus Christ. Put with that Isaiah chapter 59. And the Lord, let's see, let's, let's start it in verse 15, I think we can be safe to start there. Yea, God said, truth falleth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, P-R-E-Y. We're not a prey until we give up evil. That doesn't mean we're perfect and, you know, and we may never make a mistake, but thank God we can get it into the blood, then it's gone. Amen. Amen. And he said, um, it displeased God that there was no judgment. What needs to be in this nation? Judgment. And he does say that the judgment comes to the house of the Lord first. What's happening in the world is a reflection of what does or doesn't happen in the church. In fact, prophecy came to Brother Hagin that he was going to blame the church for what was going on that was wrong. Because people in the church had not prayed, did not have fellowship with him, relationship with him as they should and so forth. And then verse 16, here's your key starting. And he saw, God did, 
that there was no man, and he wondered. He was amazed that there was no intercessor. When I first started, I had to go, God told me in 79, everywhere I send you in 80, I want you to deposit, to deposit the ministry of intercessory prayer. And he told me after that, every time I send you to another country, if it's the first time, I want you to, um, you know, deposit an intercession there. And I was faithful to do that. But he, people, when I first started teaching, I think they still do. They think that maybe a special meeting, and then you have less people at a real prayer meeting that's been proven in history of the church down through the ages than in any other meeting. Because when you intercede, you're praying for somebody else. Amen. You're not praying for yourself. You're praying for somebody else. Oh, yeah, there's a time to pray for self. Sure. But we are intercessors, and that's a whole different story. If you look at the life of Jesus and that life he lived and that life he sacrificed, it cost him something. And it may cost you and me something to be an intercessor. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just better get over that. But also, the people thought intercession, if they went in or another step to, it was for the women. The men didn't have to pray. But that's not true. God says, I'm not going to give revival until the men become intercessors. 1984. And I think he said, when you are a male intercessor, you're not ashamed of the tears. No. You're not shame, ashamed of anything that comes out of you that God represents and is put in you. In fact, one of the most glorious rewards of all is to be a Christian and to pray. You, you don't know what you're praying about, Romans chapter 8. But the Holy Spirit knows. Amen. And he's using you to make intercession. Well, what's that, Bobby Jean? Praying for some place, person, or thing that you don't know anything about. Hallelujah. Amen. And God did tell me at the beginning, he says, if you will teach my people, my children, the ministry of intercessory prayer, and take, yes, through that they'll be taken care of, he says, I will take care of your children. Have we had a battle in that? Wow. Oh, wow. We have had a battle in that. Come on now. Yeah. But you see, what I have found when the parents are so sold out to God, the children have to go whatever way to find out they can be sold out to. Amen. They can be just as committed to. And they have to go through that, it seems. And I don't think anybody in here would not agree you have somebody that you're wishing would come into the order that you stand in with the Lord. But we forget also he's worked in us <laughs> time after time and year after year or whatever to get us where we are. He is not finished. Amen? It's not over. But an intercessor, here it is right here, and it's beautiful what he says. And he saw that there was no, in, no man and wondered that there was no intercessor 
Therefore, because of that, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness is sustained him. I think it's John twelve thirty eight amplified, and I don't I didn't have an amplified anyway with me, but I think it identifies the arm. The hand I know is the Holy Spirit, and I used to teach it from the knowledge that the arm is Jesus. And in John twelve thirty eight amplified, I believe. Does it say that? Does it say that? John twelve thirty eight in the amplified hymn. No, no problem. John twelve thirty eight. Would you read it? Yes, ma'am. John twelve thirty eight says. I'm waiting for this to scroll up here. Um, It says, this was to fulfill what Isaiah the prophet said. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm, the power of the Lord, been shown, unveiled, revealed? And so it is. The Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the arm. Hallelujah. Huh? Yes, he is the arm. Okay? So put that down. Jesus is actually the first of the five called an intercessor. All right, the second one, I'm not going to go there, but if you want to read it, and it's also spelled, I will. Maybe I will, because I've got it written at the top of the page. Well, I've got to, okay, somebody read, um, let's see, John 16, verse 7. You, Tim, you got it? Yes, ma'am. Um, it is, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the second intercessor. Amen. All right, then uh, the third intercessor. Would you like to know who it is? The body of Christ. We should be praying for each other. Amen. Okay? Now, intercession most definitely does include praying for the unsaved, praying for the unrighteous, whatever is going on, and da-da-da. So, but... The intercessor that we're talking about is the body of Christ praying for each other. Can you imagine the tornado that would come if the people in the body would quit judging each other and then gossiping or calling it, talking about it for prayer? No prayers in the bottom of the foundation of the intent at all. Maybe it's all right to tell it one time to a close person who prays, but to keep talking about it is absolutely gossip. Amen. Pray and have confidence that what you prayed, trust God, it's going to happen. Amen. 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 So the body needs to start praying for the body. Yes. My son received a couple of weeks ago that we as intercessors have neglected praying for the church 
praying for each other, y'all. Not just for the pastor or whatever, but praying for each other, the members. What would happen if we know that a member is a little bit going the wrong way, if we brought that person back through God in prayer to the right way? The truth and the life. So what we've been, what we have in the church is just nakedness. You know, we're not covered. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Right. We've got to start covering each other Amen. in the church body. Okay. Amen. All right. The other one is in Romans, chapter eight, twenty-six. You can just take it on down, but it's creation. All creation <clears throat> groaneth and travaileth, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? What is, what is he talking about there? He is talking about maturity. Yes. He's talking about, see, there are two kinds of sons. This is that son that's just a son because he's in the body of Christ. I'm his madre. <laughs> we didn't know that. But in 1982, uh, he was on the platform, as I remember it, and uh, he's standing almost at the wall. But the, I, I, did I say anything to you personally, prophetically? You kept praying for me. Kept praying for you. And then he just started bending over. But out of his mouth were, was a word in the Holy Ghost that he didn't know and I didn't know. Ray knew. <laughs> and um, the word was madre. Yes. Madre. So he can't deny me I'm his spiritual mom. Can you shout amen? <laughs> Absolutely. Paul says you're going to have many teachers, but I'm your father. Amen. <laughs> I'm his mother. That's why it was such so, so I had the blessing. Of Tim Kelleher coming here today. Amen. I didn't know anything about it till I walked in. But he just, hmm, Lord of mercy, but not put in the words. I don't think I could. But anyway, Madre. So, oh, all creation groaneth and travaileth. Are we there? Remember Philippians 4.19? He says, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. It's one thing to be born again, and it's another thing to have Christ formed in you. That's our problem. We're not praying for people who are Christians to have Christ formed in them, and they act like the devil so much of the time. So we need to pray more and more and more and more and more for Christ to be formed in the body of Christ. Travail. It is travail. And that word is tikto in the Greek, and it means... Uh, of course, to give birth, but it means to give birth from a seed. Mm-hmm. There's plenty, and I've been using this stuff in a long time, so it's the Holy Ghost bringing it up, you know. But that's that's what I travail in birth again. He didn't just stop to get them into the kingdom. No. He kept on praying for them and travailing. God explained it to me this way. Groaning is for deliverance. Do you remember when John 11 happened? Jesus waited four days, didn't he, to go when his friend John was in in, in the tomb, and they told him, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, don't, don't, da, da, da. He stinketh by now. 
The Hebrews had a word, if they don't rise again of belief, in three days, they're dead. Dead, dead. They cannot rise after the third day. They cannot come back to life after the third day. But then Jesus knew that it was a Jew. And so he just waited till the fourth day to show, I'm the power. Jesus was saying, I am the resurrection. It doesn't matter where it is or when it is. I can bring them back in a, yes, with is. my word. Yes, he is. But do you remember that he groaned in the spirit? So that's why he gave me the word deliverance for groaning. But I personally think whatever percentage the Lord says it is, but I personally think he was groaning at their unbelief. I can read that into that chapter. And so even though we make head confession, it's not going to cut it. Amen. That's right. There's got to be a believing in the heart. And you know when you believe in your heart, you really don't ask for it again. You know, you know that you know that you know that you know it's done. And no matter what they do, it is done. Come on now. Preaching real good here. Yes, you are. Right? Now, where where did we get all creation right? No, that was back of time. I don't know. Where did we we get that one to come in? Doesn't matter. Oh, groaning at the tomb. Oh, then the travailing is given the birth to. And really, we need to, of course, you know, Brother Hagen, he came to me and wanted to see me. I was doing and did do in two, let's wait a minute, what was that year? Anyway, for Buddy Harrison, which was his son-in-law, <clears throat> Buddy had a church, and, and there were about 2,000 people in that meeting at Buddy's, or whatever, that I did for them. And I've met since then ministers all over the nation that say, I was in that meeting, and that's when I was called, and that's when the great change come. Bobby Jean didn't do anything but pray, pray, pray. And then out of that, God did the work, you see. So, okay. Shut up, you've written that long enough. But Brother Hagin sent the word or something and he wanted to see me before I left. And see, I got eight pastors came to my hotel room in Chicago. I've forgotten even that year. I could go back and find out. And they said, we want you to teach on flaky intercessors. I said, What? I said, I don't know anything about flaky intercessors. And they said, God will show you. <laughs> Your God will teach you, and then you teach that. I've got a set of, well, I don't know how many it is, one or two or whatever, a little set on flaky intercessors. So if you want to know what they are, get that set. We'd have to, I think we can make a CDs out of it somewhere. I can't, they can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord. I'm about to get out there in the spirit too far again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's just pray in the spirit a minute. Because I've got to come back. got to come back. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it.
I was accused of everything in the 50 states of America that a flaky intercessor was doing. And I didn't know about it until I was found out what they're talking about, and it was going on. In one of my own meetings in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm up there, and we'd had the glory. Tim, you may have been there at that time. But anyway, it was it was really awesome. It just filled the whole place. And uh, so everything had been so holy. Mm. Now, there's holy is of the spirit. Yes. Not that soul stuff. Come yes. on. Yes. Yes. It's of the spirit. And so it had been that. And then all of a sudden, I'm up there on the platform, and I'm seeing about three ladies, always a woman, (laughs) acting as flaky as a fruit flake and nut of California, they say, you know. And they were just being flaky, and I thought, oh, Lord, don't let them come to the front, because I was the only one that could see them back there. And so um, I called Lynn Hammond. You know Lynn, Mac Hammond's wife? I said, Lynn, uh, I want to know, have you ever seen any flaky intercessors in your church? She's calm as a whatever. She said, responded back, yes. I said, well, what did you do about it? And she said, yes, and said, the Lord showed us that a flaky intercessor is one, now get it, who prays in the Holy Ghost all the time but doesn't know the Word of God. There's no balance. See, if we stay balanced by doing the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, staying in the Word of God, we're not going to get flaky. But one thing I was accused of, we're talking about birth, the long way around, but we're talking about one thing that I was accused of, never, I didn't know what they were talking about. Women were laying on the floor. I'm fixing to say something really important. Not about the women, but what happens. Laying in the floor, pushing, as if they were having a baby, giving birth. And if you've ever seen that, you don't want to be around it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can I give you a word? Everything that the Holy Spirit does goes up. That's, I think I don't need to say any more about it. This the Holy Ghost is going to come out from your spirit. Amen. Glory. Come on. That's good. And if not, it's not not going to taste right, going to smell, smell right, and not going to do right. So we've got to be sure that we get a balance. God hates a false balance. Y'all remember that. But we've got to be sure that we stay balanced in this. Because God has told me, and I'm going to read you the verse before I finish. But he started speaking to me two or three weeks ago. And he had spoken to me this when I was, had come out of the Methodist church and went into a Sims God, the Pentecostal church. And so I'm hearing things now because I'm baptized Holy Ghost. And... And it's just new to me. And one thing that I was hearing was uh, the Lord speaking to me personally and giving me this word. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. 
prepare you the way of the Lord. And a, a, a wonderful pastor. Oh, we're friends to this day. We text all the time. We talk if we need to. But just wonderful. He later became president of Southeastern Bible College, Assemblies of God, biggest Bible college in Florida. And so uh, what am I saying here about it? But what, 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 how did I get up to that point? The Lord lets me know when I'm on the wrong track, I have to get back to something. But anyway, what am I saying? Huh? Thank you, hon. What did I say? Thank you, ma'am. Prepare you the way of the Lord. And, and, you know, get the stones out and prepare you the way for the people. And da-da-da. That's what intercession does. It prepares us, and it prepares us for the people, the way for the people that don't, don't know the way. Amen. Come Amen. on. Amen. And the Lord has speak, been speaking that to me in like two or three weeks. Prepare you the way of the Lord. So now I can tell you that what we are doing in a session at this time is we are preparing the way for the Lord to come as we've never seen it before. Because it's like he said this morning from Joshua 3, 4, and 5 chapters, you have not ever gone this way before. Psalm 78, he says, don't limit me. Come on. Let me loose. Let me go. Mm-hmm. But he says, you've not gone this way before. What do you say in Joshua? Follow the glory. So God says, because, and Brother Hagin used to say it like this, follow the anointing. Yeah. Follow the anointing. God will teach us to follow the anointing. He will teach us to follow the glory. Amen? Amen. And I'm like Amen. the old pastor that his people came up to him, and they said, you talk a lot about the anointings. Can you tell us what it is? And he scratched his head and he said to them, I can't tell you what the anointing is, anointings is, but I can tell you when it ain't. <laughs> and when it ain't, it doesn't have too much of an effect. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on here now. I think we've gotten... <laughs> uh, Okay, moving right along. Stay track, stay track. Let's just read all this and bless ourselves. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. Now, doesn't this remind you of Ephesians chapter 6? And a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 17. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will, God will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands he will repay recompense. Okay, help me to remember Job twenty-two thirty. okay? Just help me to remember them. So shall they... Fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. 
when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Hebrews say today, put the comma there. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Holy Spirit again. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, which is the city of God, which is the church in the book of Hebrews. And unto them that turn from transgression, transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, God says, this is my covenant. He says, I am doing this. This is my covenant. With them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee. Look at it, look at it. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy children. So that's a promise. Whether they're in or out. I am standing in the gap. Come on. And my children are going to have children's children are going to have the mouth of the Lord in them. Right. And they're going to have a mouth like my mouth. Hallelujah. They're going to have the anointing like my anointing. Hallelujah. Find out for themselves, but they are going to do it. Okay. Look, and out of the mouth of my seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from his forth and forever. We kind of lost it there. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put into thy mouth. Uh, I've got ahead of myself. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from his forth and from it forever. Isn't that great? Yes, it is great. Hallelujah. I told you not to let me forget Job 22. I started at 21. I taught this. I uh, was led to teach it at Egg Harbor. Garth and Karen Hanselman's Job. Job 22. Job. Can anything good come out of Job? Uh-huh. Yes, it can. Much is in Job. Okay. Let's just read from 21, please. And I'm not going to expound it because it takes too long. Look, he said, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. See, peace comes the more you know God. And thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. If thou shalt return, that means they were once close, but now they've turned, gone another direction. If thou shalt return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then thou shalt lay up gold as dust, <laughs> and the gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense. And thou shalt have plenty of silver, for then shalt thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make look at this is this is important. Verse twenty seven. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay the vows. What does that mean? Whatever promise you've made to God 
you're going to pay it. You're going to do it. You, you know, we make promises to God, da 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 And some of us have learned not to, but we do. And then when everything gets all right again, we forget it. But God hadn't forgotten it. And we better be careful what we vow to him. Amen? Okay. 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 Then he said, thou shalt decree a thing. Thing there means promise. And it shall be established, settled for unto thee. And the light shall shine upon your ways. You're not going to walk in darkness anymore. Thank God. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. Now, you know, you can read it yourself in uh, King James, but this is, this is the amplified version of verse 30. He will even deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he shall, he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. Isn't that awesome? Oh, y'all. I'm, I'm having Holy Ghost fit because I love the Word. <laughs> I can't get too much of it. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord, that these promises are real and that we're going to experience them as never before, that we're going to see them fulfilled day after day after day, night after night after night, and that is so good for intercessors because they can know. They know, they know, they know, they know. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now, he just brought to my remembrance that I should go over here to, uh, oh, yeah, he wants me to do this. Uh, Isaiah 21 and verse 5, prepare the table, watch in the watchtower, eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and anoint, oh, I love the anointing, y'all, anoint the shield, for thus Hath the Lord said unto me, Go, set a watchman, and let him declare what he seeth. I've got to, when I get to it, I'll give you something about that relates to that. But eat there, what does that remind you of, the word eat? We eat the word of God. Amen. Amen. So eat the word of God. And then what does drink remind you of? Water, if nothing else. What does it Holy Spirit. So there you, if you eat, stay full of the word and stay full of the Holy Spirit, the rest of it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. But so let's turn over here to, I believe, let's see. I think it's Isaiah 61. And then you, oh, that's that one. Then we'll go to that other one. Oh, a 62. How many of you know? But that's just talking about preparing the way of the Lord and so forth. Oh, God, help me. I'm in here. Up of 61. It must be 6110. No, it's all about rejoicing. Thank you, Ray. 62, verse 6. Okay. 62. Oh, yeah. It does say 62 at the top of the page. (laughs) 
I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. So the Lord spoke to me even after I realized this is where we're going. And he said, what we're seeing here tonight is that God is making you watchman on his wall. You are his watchman on the wall. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Since I've got it in my orange, whatever, let me just read this to you. Um, Isaiah 62.10, go through, go through the gates. Gates are important. Don't have time to teach that. Prepare you the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones, which would be stumbling blocks, right? Lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Lord have mercy. Okay, whenever they get to that fifth intercessor, David, that's remember I'm giving to you in just a second. And they shall call them the holy people. Why? The redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called sought out a city not forsaken. Hallelujah. Now, what does it say? Oh, yeah, the fifth intercessor. Just turn over to Hebrews 12, and then I'll give you the verse. I'll name the five intercessors again in case you didn't get them. Did everybody get them? Yes, ma'am. Okay, then let's go here. Okay. The fifth intercessor, would you like to know who it is? Yes. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I know that? By revelation of God. But here it is. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator. Oh, then we'll turn back to that one, Lord. Of the new covenant that speaketh better things than that of Abel. I love that movie. I love the one um, where I don't want anybody but him, though. Carlton Heston. Uh, What is it? It's about the chariots and all that. Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, I love it. Because it portrays some outpouring of blood and so forth. Hallelujah, right? I love the passion, too. And I think I said it in this church one time that as far as I'm concerned, Mel Gibson did not know what he was coming up against when he... And so he he didn't have enough Christians holding his arms up. Exodus 17, like Aaron and her held Moses' arms up. And so I, I don't know where he is today. I don't know what's happened to him. But I sure repented 
for all of us that we would pick up that sword, that revelation, and hold arms up of these people that don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it. And uh, so anyway, um, why am I turning over here? We've got it, haven't we? The blood. But I see the blood when they ripped open, well, let's start in the torture, when they were getting ready to walk him with his cross to Calvary, as we would call it, yes. And I see that blood. I see it where that picture of passion, especially I watch that once a year at least. I want to watch it. I want to watch it before Easter. And I see that blood dripping and on the cross when they put the sword and the spear in his side and water and blood, blood and water flowed out. I see all that falling on the earth. And it represents that blood has covered this whole earth. Why? To bring men and women and boys and girls into the glorious gospel, good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love never fails. And love will do it when nothing else will do it. And God has told me my assignment is just love. And he'll do the rest. Praise God. Love. Don't always correct. We, they know. They've grown up in your home. Right from wrong. So, and let me say this. Nobody knows but God who suicide or not suicide but who's going to heaven but in my opinion if God will permit me to say it I love the film Luther and he made a statement when this young boy hung himself and Luther had been there the day before I think or something like that and then he went back and the boy was hanging and he was dead He had hung himself. And the mother and father were just devastated. And they said, I think they called him priest, didn't they, or whatever. But uh, uh, what does God have to say about suicide? That's a good question. And Martin Luther when he got, they got him down, he got him down, I don't know, I remember that part. But he was, had this man who was the caretaker of the church digging a hole for the young boy that had done that. And the man didn't want to do it. He said, this is a holy place. I've, I've had a real laughing experience about not that one but another holy place in Jerusalem but anyway and Martin Luther said bring him to the parents of course they were walking and bringing him just crushed with grief and so Martin Luther made this statement I don't know if I can quote it word for word but he said 
this young man, young, young boy, was like a thief caught in the forest by robbers. And the thief had come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am not going to make a judgment whether anybody's going to heaven or hell. To me, my conviction is, my, my personal opinion, conviction is, Brother Hagin used to say this thing, that if they have ever, they've, they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, He, I'm saying what Bobby Jean now. Then to me, they're going to heaven. I believe that too. You too, Ray. Yeah. And maybe Tim. Nobody uh, in their right mind. Nobody in their right mind would do that. So there's trauma, demonic activity, whatever else, for and and possibly no intercessor. That's that would push that back. So you see, sweet people, there's no end to who, what, the thing, the people, place, the thing, that we can be used to make a difference in somebody's life. And tell you the truth, he says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I told you I'd read Hebrews 7.25. and if the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, we know it's true because he said it. Hebrews 7, 25. Um, uh, the more you pray in the Spirit for somebody else, the more the love of God is being shed to your heart. I mean, this is not a one-sided thing, is it? All the way through, God is ordained. But this one is so, I love this verse. It's Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That means also in the Greek that he makes that intercession until we stand in the utmost limit of what a Christian, how a Christian should be standing. Of course, you know that, and I know that. That perfect time, perfect, 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 is going to be First John 3, 3. I love it. When we see our Lord face to face, we see him for who he is and what he is and how he is. And it's going to have the same work in us. It's going to perfect us at that moment when we see Jesus. I believe it with all my heart. Now, that's all I have. And so there's no use of me standing up here and pretending more. When God has said everything through me, I believe with all my heart. Then, Thank you, Ray that he would have said. So I'm going to pray collectively for you. You're just wherever you are. This is to cover you. Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your glory, for your blessing, for these people's 
to rise up in the glory that you've ordained for them and this church and whatever church or place they come from. I pray for them that the glory of God would work in them as never before. And I pray for them that the words that have gone forth are sealed in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it says that we, in Ephesians 1, so many times, we are being made this way even today, past, present, and future, that we might be unto the praise of his glory that's a wonderful promise, Lord. Thank you. We set our faces like a flint towards that, that we're going to be such people that will be unto the praise of your glory, Lord. Taking no praise because we are what we are by the grace of God. But like Paul, giving glory and honor and thanksgiving and blessing to you that we are what and who we are by the grace of God. We love the grace, Lord. Thank you for the grace that brought us into your kingdom and is keeping us and leading us in the way that we should go. In the name of Jesus Christ and the saints said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God, you know, the Lord, um, I share with Bobby Jean, and she, we were communicating on the way over here that our heart cry is to see the body come into that place of intercession and place of prayer. And for the, there's a reason. Of course, we all know. How many know that praying is right? Amen. That's right. But in uh, in Matthew 18. Jesus does a parable on, uh, of the woman in the unjust judge. And she's coming before the judge on a daily basis, if you know that story, asking her, him, the judge, the unrighteous judge, to avenge her because of her enemies. She's persistent. And she will not, she's relentless. And the picture is this passion to approach someone in authority for help. And finally, the judge says, this woman's driving me crazy. This is going to be a contemporary paraphrase. This woman's going to drive me nuts. So on, just to get her off my back, I'm going to grant her request. And Jesus says, how much more will the will heavenly father respond to those who come to him? Amen. And then he poses a question. The whole thing's about importunity and seeking that, what, that person in authority who's able to do something on behalf of humanity. Amen? Amen? But Jesus asks, poses this question. He says, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he comes? He's not asking about faith for finances or anything else. He's looking for a people that understand and get it, that prayer is one of the most greatest privileges we have on this planet. Amen? I said prayer. Say it with me. Prayer. It's one of the greatest privileges I have as a saint. Hallelujah. Maya, I want you to load up a song. We're going to leave it a song. And that elevation worship, we will not be moved when the earth gives way. I, that's in my crawl. And I'm in authority, so I can do it. Hallelujah. And Carol's not here.